0: Welcome back to Pack Wrap. Uh, this is your host, Coach Graf. Uh, before we get going, I do want to share with you that Pack Rap is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We have teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football followers and podcast listeners. Here's what you do, guys: you go to our website, at landryfootball.com. You click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, and you pick among the gaming sites legal in your state. You sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, you go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. All right, man, what a crazy, crazy weekend for Pac-12 football. Um, oh yeah, there's quite a few really good games. Um, one really big upset, which we will get into toward the end of the show. Uh, we'll save that for the main event. If you will, it's, it's, you know, obviously the the biggest news, not only in the Pac-12, but you know, around the country, um, definitely warrants, you know, has a lot of impacts on the playoff has a lot of impacts on the Pac-12 championship. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely something worth noting, not just in the Pac-12, but in college football uh, as a whole. So we are going to get into that game later on. But first, um, we're going to run down the scores from every game, kind of dive in and see, you know, who the big players were who who may not have shown up. And, you know, obviously just kind of the standard rundown of whatever, you know, how games went. Right. Right. So we're going to get into that. And then we'll, you know, toward the end of the show, we'll preview very, you know, briefly the the next week's game. Because as you know, uh, you know, Pac-12 has canceled a lot of games. And every single week, at least one has been canceled. Um, We haven't seen Arizona State since they lost to USC uh, in that opening game. Don't know if we'll see them. I don't know. Uh, We didn't see USC last week. Um... We, um, you know, we missed out on that. Colorado had to play San Diego State, Um, so yeah, there's a lot of shuffling around. It was another COVID football weekend, but um, we'll get into it here, and then we'll we'll kind of go over the playoff rankings, and you know, is there is there an opportunity for a Pac-12 team to make it? Um, I, I I just don't know. I don't see how it. How it's likely, um, given the fact that Oregon lost, and that's obviously the news I was talking about—the big, the big upset. Um, USC still undefeated, but again, didn't see them last week. So, how many games are going? Are they going to be able to play? Uh, and they're currently ranked 20, uh, 20th in the playoff ranking. So, I mean, I, I don't see how USC is going to get to that, you know, to final four, you know, the top four playoff. Uh, you know, when you look at it realistically USC and Oregon were the only two Pac-12 teams that really even had a shot to get in. They're not going to put in Washington unless they just start blowing people away, which they're not going to. Um, And none of the others are going to get in. So it is what it is, right? And, you know, Pac-12 has been widely regarded as the, you know, the basement of the power five conferences, you know, they're, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC, and then Pac twelve is 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 you know the joke. You know everybody kind of doesn't take them seriously, which is unfortunate because they have a lot of good football being played in the in the Pac twelve and and the you know hopefully after COVID is over and we get back to somewhat normalcy in terms of sports and. You know, there's full seasons again. You don't have to worry about canceling games and rescheduling games. Hopefully the Pac-12 can actually find its footing and, and get a team into the playoff. Um, you know, once again, Washington's been there. Oregon, I believe, has been there. Uh, I think they were in the very first one. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Uh, eventually, Pac-12 needs to needs to right the ship. But as of right now in 2020 and this year, not going to happen. Not in my opinion. But anyway, we'll get into it. Um, we're going to start off with the big game, uh, California and Stanford, Cal Stanford. Uh, one of the better games in all of college football this weekend uh, took place inside the Pac-12, one of the best Pac-12 rivalries, one of the oldest rivalries, uh, and one of the most bitter rivalries, uh, in-state rivalry between the Cardinal of Stanford and the Golden Bears of Cal. <coughs> Came down to the very, very last play. Uh, Stanford pulled out a one-point victory, 24-23, on a blocked PAT. Uh, You know, had the PAT been converted, obviously the game would've gone in overtime, 24-24. What happens from there, we'll never know. Uh, Cal got a huge, huge play uh, from their special teams unit uh, that blocked the the game-tying PAT. So and they snuck away with a one point victory. Um, but first or not first, but, you know, obviously we'll get into it and, and talk about who are the big players and, uh, for Stanford, Austin Jones, a sophomore running back from Antioch, California. Um, you know, he was, he he had a decent day, 21 carries, 85 yards. Uh, he had a couple touchdowns and then, uh, you know, the quarterback Davis mills continues his struggles. Uh, only, you know, Stanford as a team only mustered 205 passing yards. Uh, Michael Wilson, the junior, Connor Weddington, the senior, two receivers, they combined for 159 yards of those 205. Um, so, obviously, you know, they're, you have your go-to guys. They need to find a way to spread the ball around a little bit more, to find guys to step up. They have a very young talent. I'm not sure what their plan is um, with this. They have a freshman by the name of John Humphreys who played at Corona Del Mar last year. He's a four-star receiver. Uh, comes from a very uh, deeply rooted Stanford family. Um, and then a, a very athletic family. He's a, he has siblings that play sports. Both of his parents played sports. I know he has a sister, maybe even more than one sister, that played volleyball or played various sports at Stanford. I think both of his parents played sports at Stanford. Um, and then his brother played football at Duke. So he comes from a very athletic background. He's a freshman, he's a big kid. He was a stud in California uh, for, for CDM. He played with, uh, uh, his quarterback was the freshman quarterback at Washington, Ethan Garber's, Chase Garber's brother. Uh, they played together there at CDM. So why, I'm not really sure why John Humphreys hadn't seen the field much. Maybe he's just not, maybe that his feel he's not ready yet. I don't know. Um, but he's he's a very talented receiver. I'm really surprised. And I really thought he'd be playing a lot more um than what he is. I'm, I'm not sure what the story is there. But obviously they're the you know, Cal. I'm sorry, Stanford. Um, you know, they get a win, uh, big win over a Rival, their big their first win of the season. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's good on them. They, they came out and played, um, and it was a fun game to watch. So um good on Stanford to to, to, to eat that win out and and, and, and uh, kudos to the guys that made the plays that needed to make them. And on the defensive side, uh, shout out to Thomas Schaefer uh, senior defensive end who was um, very pivotal for that defense of the Cardinal two sacks, two tackles for loss um, big day for him. And then Curtis Robinson, the senior linebacker from Irvine, California. Uh, so a local kid from where I am uh, eight tackles, six of them solo and uh, two tackles behind, behind the line of scrimmage. So, uh, Schaefer and Robinson, very huge for Stanford's defense. And, uh, again, Stanford squeaks out a one point victory. But on, you know, for Cal, they still, you know, there's some bright spots. Unfortunately, I, I went going into the season. I really thought Cal was going to be, um, you know, somewhat of a dangerous team in the Pac 12. I, I know they lost Evan Weaver, but, you know, they're returning Garbers. they're returning, um, you know, a nice running back group. And then they, you know, um, they got a freshman from La Puente, California, which we'll get in, you know, we'll talk about him right here in a second. Um, and then their defense, again, losing Weaver is huge, obviously, but they did return, you know, a decent bulk of their defensive starters. So, <clears throat> but let's get into it. Damian Moore, uh, the freshman I was alluding to, had a big day on the ground, uh, only 10 carries, but he, he was able to turn those opportunities into 121 yards on the ground. Um, did not get in the end zone, but Chris Brown. Uh, did the but he was actually the one that scored the potential game game tying I guess you will game tying t- uh, touchdown touchdown run? Um, and he's the one that scored that, and then the ensuing PAT was blocked, so doesn't matter. Um, and then Chase Garbers continues to struggle through the air, only 151 yards for the year. Um, he did throw two touchdowns, and um, so that you know when it mattered, he was able to put the ball in the end zone and and keep Cal in the game. Um, But, you know, he, he's, he's always been a dual threat guy. uh, And I, I think he's always been more dangerous on, on, on his, with his legs. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. You know, he's never gonna, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, that, that guy that's going to just give me surgical through the air. Um, He's a guy that likes to run it. And if he doesn't like what he sees, he, he, he likes to tuck and run pretty fast. So, um, he he rushed for 51 yards, which is only a, you know, exactly 100 yards fewer than passing. This is not what you want. I don't think, in my opinion, you don't want that. Um, you know, from your quarterback, unless that you know, unless you're running a triple option or something, which Cal doesn't. <laughs> so, you know, they need to find a way to get their passing game going and and uh, and turn that offense around and not be so one dimensional. Um, yeah, I think that's the Achilles' heel: is that it's not that hard to stop Cal. Even though Cal almost won this game, uh, Stanford is not that good of a football team, uh, in my opinion. So, you know, Cal Cal needs to figure some stuff out, whatever is happening. I, I believe in their coach. Um, I think they have a good coaching staff. But, you know, whatever is happening behind the scenes, I don't know. They just need to right the ship somehow uh, and try to get that first win on the season. They just haven't gotten there yet. But uh, the senior linebacker for for Cal, dang. Uh, he's, he's a big guy, 6'6", 250, um, you know, kind of a tweener guy, edge rusher, linebacker type. Uh, but he had 14 tackles on the day, eight of those solo. Um, he had a tackle for loss, so big day for Dang on the defense. And then J.H. Tevis, uh, he's a, he's only a sophomore defensive end. He was able to get two sacks on the day. Um, so that's a bright spot for the defense and someone to look forward to, to, to develop and and uh, and hopefully becomes even a bigger role, uh, plays a bigger role in that defense moving forward. Um but, Yeah, just a a great ending to a to a to an entertaining game and a really fun rivalry. Um, but Stanford is able to to earn this victory on that unbelievable block PAT, which you just rarely see. You hardly ever see something like that. So great execution by by that Stanford uh, uh, PAT unit on the defensive side. But uh, so next week, and we'll get into previews here later, and I'll give you know who I think will win. But Stanford has Washington coming up, so tough matchup for them. And then Cal faces Oregon, tough matchup for them. So uh, Cal is in a lot of danger of going on four. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to get their first victory over a team like Oregon. You know, Oregon may be reeling, but I can see Oregon coming out fired up, given you know their loss to, to Oregon State. Um, so yeah, so Stanford twenty-four. Cal twenty three in the big game, so shout out to Stanford um, for their victory there. Moving right along, um, Colorado did not play a Pac twelve game; they played, or they did not play a Pac twelve opponent. They had to pick up a game uh, with San Diego State. Um, So, and they were able to to remain undefeated on the season. They stayed; they they moved to three and zero with a twenty to ten victory over San Diego State. And um, boy, what a just a dominant performance from the Colorado defense in this one, um, but first we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But I want to go over the offense first. Um, Jarek Broussard, another big day, big day for the for the running back for Colorado. Thirty-two carries, 124 yards. He continues to be um, so pivotal for that for that Buffalo's offense to to move the ball and to put up points. And um, you know, hey, Colorado's undefeated. And uh, they've earned every bit of that. Um, and their offense was able to, you know, they didn't have one big quarter. They were able to sustain their success throughout the entire game, um, even though they, you know, they toward in the second half they sputtered. They only mustered six points, two field goals, one in the third, one in the fourth. Um, you know, you'd like to see in a close game because it was only fourteen to ten at halftime. You'd like to see Colorado come out in the second half and and really put together a better, you know, better offensive performance in, in, in a second half like that. Uh, you know, they didn't, but hey, a win's a win, right? The defense came through. The defense was huge. Um, and uh, But beyond Broussard, Levante Chenault, and if that name sounds familiar, it, it should. Uh, he's the, the younger brother of uh, Colorado, former Colorado wide receiver and current Jacksonville Jaguar rookie receiver, LaVisca Chenault, um, and Levante was able to know he's only a redshirt freshman he was able to haul in six catches for 64 yards and um you know it's good to see Chennault. he made a terrible decision over the summer he's faced some adversity you know he's dealing with those consequences consequences um of his actions and and hopefully he matures and and and, you know never makes decisions like that again um but hopefully he's able to you know turn stuff around this is a this is a good step in the right direction and um. Obviously, with the name Chanel. You know, he's a legend around Colorado with Lavisca and um, and stuff like that. So uh, beyond that, um, the the defense, man, they held San Diego State to seventy six passing yards. Um, the only touchdown for San Diego State came from a pick six. So you can't put the blame on the defense for that. Uh, so so as a whole on the day. They only allowed three points to San Diego State, one field goal for the entire – That that's that's huge. That's great. That's a great defensive uh, outing, and, you know, any defensive coordinator is going to be happy with that. Um, Nate Landman, my word. Uh, I wrote an article on, um, you know, potential draft prospects. I did uh, a year year ago, year or two ago. Um don't remember exactly when I wrote that, but it was, you know, guys to look out for. And, and Nate Landman was one of my you – know, I love Nate Landman. Um, I've been a fan of his for, for a while now, but this guy's a stud. Um, I don't really hear a lot of people talking about him. I'm not really sure why, but, uh, yeah, what a day for this kid. 11 tackles, nine of them solo, three sacks, three and a half tackles for loss. He had a pass deflection. Um, the senior linebacker was the heart and soul of that defense, and he he has been for, um, for a hot minute, you know, and uh, he's going to leave Colorado in his final season after twenty twenty, um, such a legacy, um, and uh, and and people will be talking for years about um, you know being able to watch Nate Lehman play, and he's going to go down as just one of the best defenders to ever come out of the you know the Buffalo program. So hats off to him for his um, for his big day, and I I look forward to seeing him continue to be a huge huge role uh, for Colorado, and then uh, the, uh, another linebacker uh, junior Carson Wells. Um, he had a big day as well, not quite as big, you know. Obviously overshadowed by Landman, but um, should not go unnoticed. Five tackles, four of them for losses, and then he also uh, registered a sack. So, and then uh, Curtis Appleton is the one who recorded the interception for Colorado. And uh, coming up for the Buffaloes next week is Arizona. Um, very winnable game. Uh, so, would not be surprised at all to see Colorado go four and out. Uh, after next week. But we'll see. We'll see if it's even played. You never know with with, uh, with this season. Um, all right, so Colorado remains undefeated with a 20-10 to victory over San Diego State. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, Utah-Washington, the epitome of a tale of two halves. Um, it's unbelievable how this game shifted from one half to the other. Uh, Utah went into the locker room. With a 21 to nothing halftime lead, and then uh, in the second half, they Washington scored 24 unanswered points to come back uh, and and uh, and secure that 24 21 victory. Um, So a huge win for Washington. Um, Great comeback. Dylan Morris played pretty well. Uh, He continues to be, you know, a bright spot. Um, A lot still. A lot of improvements to make for Morris. He's a young guy. He's only a freshman. Um, but on the day, he had 272 passing yards, two touchdowns. He did throw three interceptions. Those interceptions cannot happen. Um, as a whole, this game was pretty sloppy. There are seven total turnovers, four for Utah, three for Washington. Um, it was just a very sloppy performance from both teams. But uh, at the end of the day, Washington was able to capitalize on those turnovers more than Utah was. Um and talk about you know obviously coach lake made some great halftime adjustments for his defense uh, as they were able and in the offense really um, as they were able to come out and and just completely turn the game around you know you go into go into a locker room at halftime down 24 nothing you better have some great adjustments and a pretty good halftime speech to get that team ready to come out in the second half cuz it you know you you go into a game and you go into halftime down 24 to nothing that's tough. That is tough on your psyche. That's tough on uh, um, on, on the squad as a whole, on, on the on you know the mental capacity and stuff like that. So, great job by the coaching staff of Washington Washington to have their players ready and prepare to come out in that second half and, and, and complete that comeback. Um, so great job, Kate Otten, uh, the junior tight end for the Huskies, uh, had a big day: eight eight receptions, 108 yards, two touchdowns on the day. And then on the defensive side, a sophomore linebacker, Zion. um, I apologize if I butchered this name, but Zion Tapulo Fatui um, had three sacks on the day. He had two fumble recoveries, so a big day for the sophomore. Um, And then Elijah Molden, who's one of the biggest leaders of that defense, along with Trent McDuffie, each of them registered an interception. So that defense really stepped up and and was able to – Obviously, like I said, force four turnovers and huge in the huge in the comeback. Uh for Utah, you know, not not as good, obviously. Um, you know, we've talked about it, you know, having to replace so many playmakers for, for Utah, it's gonna be difficult for them. Um, and you know, and so far they've and right now they're they're 0-2. But um Ty Jordan, their freshman running back, had a decent day. He had 31 receiving yards to go along with his uh, 97 rushing yards, so he did eclipse a. You know, hundred yards total for the day. So hats off to the young man, uh, the young running back for Utah. Uh, and then Devin Brumfield, um, he's a junior for Utah. He, he was able to punch it in for a touchdown. Um, you know, so unfortunately, just whatever happened to Utah in the second half, you know, Washington just stepped up big and um, put him away. But uh, coming up for Washington, you know, I I mentioned in the last game, but. Uh, they have Stanford, so Washington, Stanford, and then Utah has Oregon State coming off of their big win. We'll see if Oregon State comes out flat, um, and we'll get into it. But, you know, they lost their, their starting quarterback probably for the year. Um, so they're going to be rolling with a new quarterback, and we'll get into him in a little bit. But um, So that Utah-Oregon State game might be interesting. That's uh, You know, with, with with a new quarterback, he's, he's an experienced kid. He, he came from the JUCO ranks. Um, so that Utah Oregon State game might be interesting. It's it's a it's a pretty good opportunity for for Utah to get a win there, get their first win. Obviously with with Oregon State dealing with the injuries and stuff, but um, Oregon State's a good squad. Uh, and and I don't know if Utah really has to be worried about the quarterback more than the running back. Uh, and we'll get into that. Actually, I think we're going to get into that. Not right now, but we will. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get into Oregon State and Oregon. No, I want to I want to end the show with that. I want to end the show with that. So. Uh, Washington completes the comeback to remain undefeated on the year at three and and they drop Utah to zero and two with a 24, 21 victory. Um, so, so good on the Huskies <clears throat> to remain undefeated. Um, man. Now we're going to get into uh, UCLA and in Arizona UCLA easily could be undefeated. Um, you know, they, they had a tough game. Um, with Oregon and then, um, and then against Colorado, you know, they, they turned the ball over way too many times. Um, but Hey, you know, if you, if you protect the ball against Colorado, you see UCLA probably wins that game. And then Oregon, if just a couple things go differently. UCLA wins that one too. And then we're looking at a UCLA team that's four and up, but we're not, you know, what it coulda, shoulda, right. Um, but here we are in reality, UCLA is two and two following their victory. Um, I mean, a dominant victory, really, over Arizona. Arizona has has a lot of problems. Um, Arizona has some problems um, right off the get go, though, for UCLA. Chase Griffin starting once again in DTR's abs- absence. Um, you know, he he did decent for you know. You can't expect too much from a young guy like that, um, but you know he he did enough. And in, in the in UCLA, uh, you know, Griffin didn't have to because of Demetri Felton. Demetrik Felton had a heck of a day, and Demetrik Felton is having a heck of a season. Um, you know, for Chase Griffin, 129 yards on the day, um, throwing the ball, he was able to, to throw a touchdown. Um, and then uh, on, on the ground that the ground game for UCLA, which isn't surprising, um, the ground game for UCLA is what drove them to victory. Um, Demetrik Felton, over 200 yards on the day, he, he finished with 206. He carried the ball 32 times. So he was a true workhorse in this one. Um, he was able to, to punch it in once he, he added 24 receiving yards. Um, you know, and this is a guy that's a, that's a true dual threat. You know, he came to campus as a receiver. Uh, he was kind of used in, in different packages and um, he was never really a, a one position guy. He played receiver. He came in and, and, and was kind of a backup running back. He would be a jet sweep guy. He, um, you know, Chip Kelly likes to move him around a lot, but with Joshua Kelly obviously gone on to, you know, in the NFL, um, Felton has stepped into that every down back role and he is quite literally ran away with it. Um, you know, toward the end of the game, it did appear that Felton may have suffered a fairly serious injury. It, was a non, it looked like a non contact injury. He was on a run and he pulled up, um, you know, pretty severely and it looked like it, you know, it looked scary. Um, but all, all is well. It looks like he avoided anything. Uh, he should be good to go. There's, there's nothing really that you know to even talk about there. It just, it looked worse than it was. Maybe it was a cramp. I'm not really sure. But um, good for UCLA, and, and, and I'm so, so thankful that he did not get hurt because he is having such a good year, and I would hate to see that end um, before, before it should. And then uh, the Duke transfer, uh, the grad transfer from Duke, Britton Brown. Um, you know he had a good day too, uh, seventy-two yards on sixteen carries. He was able to punch it in on the ground. He also caught the. T- he was the one that caught the touchdown pass um, from Griffin. So both running backs for UCLA, Felton and Brown, huge days, um, big productive days, and and they were the ones that really, um, you know, deserve a lot of the credit for this victory. And uh, and then you look at the look at the defense for UCLA. They've been playing well, um, you know. Even been playing well the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> Bo Calvert, uh, senior linebacker, eight tackles, seven solo. So he, he was playing very aggressively downhill type of linebacker. Uh, and then Stephen Blaylock, um, who is a very exciting defensive back for UCLA, I think has a very bright future um, in Westwood. Uh, he and Eliza – excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Blaylock holding an interception um so that was you know he had a good day and then for arizona adversity early you know i, I think it may have been the first pl- first play from scrimmage for them if i remember right um, but their quarterback grant gunnell went down with an injury um and his status you know from week to week is now kind of up in the air it's not really known it's kind of uncertain not really sure what you know how to you know how quick he's gonna is he going to come back um you know how how serious is that shoulder injury but um, Will Plummer, a freshman had to step in and, uh, you know, it, it did not, you know, he, he played like a freshman, right? He played like a freshman who wasn't expecting to play. Uh, but you know, he came out 151 yards for the air, two interceptions. He did add 49 rushing yards. So, um, you know, hope you know, maybe going moving forward, if they do have to roll with Plummer as their guy, um, you know, hopefully the Wildcats come up with game plans that can put him in the best, you know, situations to succeed given his skill sets, uh, and uh, hopefully Arizona can come out and maybe, you know get their first win. Uh, it's not going to be easy. They, you know, they they next week they have Colorado, so you have an undefeated Colorado going against a winless Arizona team, and then um, and then also for um, for UCLA DTR is expected back. So even though Chase Griffin has been playing, you know, decent, he's been he's been doing okay for you know what they, you know, ask him to do. Um, DTR DTR is expected to be back as are several other players for UCLA, um, and they are slated to play Arizona State. You know, like I said earlier, we haven't seen Arizona State since the <laughs> Pac-12 Week One, um, you know, a few weeks ago. When they, you know, darn near pulled an upset over USC, haven't seen them since. Um, Hopefully, we get to because Arizona State, UCLA could be a really good game, um, given how much talent is on each roster and and how you know the the coaches on on each sideline. That could be a really good Pac-12 matchup if it happens. Big if. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But UCLA, big winners against Arizona, 27 to 10 to pull their Record to 500 at 2 and 2, and Arizona drops to 0 and 3. Um, but UCLA is looking better and better. They're playing very well. All right, the main event, <laughs> um, the biggest news coming out of the conference: Oregon State pulling the massive upset over Oregon, um, and pretty much dashing any hope that Oregon had of making the playoff, which probably wasn't much anyway. Um, but yeah, Oregon State winners, forty-one to thirty-eight. Uh, what a crazy, crazy game this was. Um, not sure what happened to the defenses. Um, you know, Oregon kind of has earned a reputation of playing good defense. Um, but you know, obviously allowing forty-one points, you know, that's that's not going to earn you a, a good reputation for being a good defense. Um, you know, but no, you know Noah Sewell looked like he was going to be hurt, but he he played, um, so he looks like he's he's good to go. But uh, first, on the offensive side for Oregon, Tyler Shuck uh, was able to punch in three touchdowns, two of them passing, one rushing, but he did throw two interceptions. So you have to you you can't do that. You have to clean that up. You have to protect the ball if you're if you're Tyler Shuck. Um, you know, he's a younger uh, younger guy, sophomore coming in replacing Justin Herbert. Um, Man, the the, the kid's going to be good. He he is good. And Oregon's going to be fine. They have, you know, obviously a brand new offense line. We've talked about it. It's ad nauseum, probably. Um, But this was just, it just wasn't Oregon State. This was Oregon State's game to win. Uh, Oregon State wanted it. Um, But, you know, CJ Verdell, whatever, you know, I I guess I jinxed him. I have no idea. Going into the season, I was giving very high praise to Verdell, but he, you know, he's kind of been. Not really sure what's been going on with Verdell. He hadn't been able to produce recently. Um, the the ducks have kind of been leaning on Travis Die, who who almost put in a 100 yard day on the ground. Um, he carried the ball 12 times for 93 yards. Um, and and, uh, and Travis Die usually is also you know a factor in the passing game, but zero receptions for for Die. It was all on the ground. Um, but sophomore Devin Williams, the receiver was able to eclipse the 100-yard mark through the year. Uh, he hauled in a, over 100 yards receiving. He was also able to, to catch a touchdown pass from Shuck. Um, and then the senior tight end, uh, Camp Moyer, was also caught a touchdown. He's had he, he's had a couple couple of games where he's been good. Um, but, you know, you, you're having to replace a guy like Jacob Breeland. Um, you know, the, the tight end is, has always kind of been very important in, in an Oregon offense. Um, but the defense, man, the defense – Kind of a fourth-quarter collapse, um, allowing 22 fourth-quarter points for, and, and uh, open the door for that Oregon State win, uh, big win for the Beaver program. Um, and moving on and, and looking at Oregon State, man, Tristan Jebia, the quarterback, um, had a really, really productive day. He had 263 yards through the air. He threw a touchdown pass. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, but, man, toward the end of the game, he got hurt. unless uh, I don't want to talk about it for you know a long time, but you know that last sequence there, that last scoring touchdown for Oregon State, that goal line stand, um, or not stand, but that goal line sequence uh, between Oregon's defense and Oregon State's offense, man, was just so messy. It was very messy. Um, and uh, but Chance Nolan who's a sophomore quarterback came in in his first play as a Beaver uh, scored a game-winning touchdown uh, from, from, you know, a little quarterback sneak. It was there right there on the goal line. And, uh, and uh, um, after Jebbia got hurt, Nolan came in who he's a Juco transfer, played at one of the best Juco programs around at Saddleback college. Um, you know, very, any, you know, you know, when you look around the the college football landscape, there are multiple guys who come out of the JUCO guys who come out of that Saddleback program and go on to find success at D1 programs. Uh, A lot of them get, you know, a lot of them end up at Pac-12 schools, just given the, um, you know, they're both in the same region and Pac-12. Saddleback is right in the backyard of multiple Pac-12 programs. Um, But Chance Nolan uh, game-winning touchdown run for him, and his first and only really play for, for Oregon State. Now moving forward with Jebby, looking like he's most likely out for the entire season, um, you know, Chance Nellan has a chance to to really show what he can do. Uh, he was such an electric player for Saddleback. He he was uh, their leading passer. I think he had like thirty-eight passing touchdowns. Uh, he was he also threw for over thirty-two hundred yards, I believe. Um, in junior college and he also ran for over a thousand um, so just a, a true dual threat guy who who's dangerous and, and i'm i'm kind of looking forward. you know i hate that that Jebby got hurt um he was having a good year he was he was you know uh, <clears throat> kind of the guy for for i going say but look you know being only a junior um you know hopefully jevy can come back his senior year and uh, recapture that, that that magic but for for right now it looks like this is chance nolan's team and um, we'll see what the young man t- can do. But luckily for Nolan, man, Jamar Jefferson, holy cow, um, continues to just, you know, it, it's no surprise now. Everybody knows what Jamar Jefferson does and what he can do, but it didn't seem to matter. Uh, on the day, 29 carries, 226 yards, two touchdowns for Jefferson. The man's a beast. He's a stud. He's only a junior. Uh, do I foresee him coming back? I'm not. I don't know. After a season like this, who knows? Um, you know, it's probably in his best interest to go to the league. You know, you're not going to probably have another year like this. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely uh, got his draft draft stock pretty high right now, um, in terms of you know his chances at at, at making an NFL team or being drafted. Um, and then uh, a couple of receivers for Oregon State have big, had big days. Junior Colby Taylor had seven catches for 114 yards. Senior Trevin Bradford had eight for 93. Um, so so multiple guys really stepping up for that Oregon State program and getting this huge program win, um, 41-38 over, uh, over Oregon. So uh, looking forward to next week, Oregon looks to bounce back against Cal. And then Oregon State looks to – Building this momentous win um, against Utah, so hats off to to all those Pac-12 teams that that earned victories and and, uh, and good luck to to the to the ones on the on the losing side and you know maybe they'll get maybe they'll get in the win column this week. Um, but looking ahead, we're gonna look ahead to. Uh, technically, week 14 of the college football season, but really, it's you know, for Pac 12, this is only like game four or five um, for most teams. But first, I do want to remind you to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. Once again, you do go to landryfootball.com, you click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, you pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, sign up, and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. All right, um, so looking ahead. First, we'll just go down the list here. Um, you know, again, not sure if games will get canceled. Most likely, I. I it's happened every week. I, you gotta expect it to happen again. Um, so going down the line, Stanford, Washington, Given Stanford's, you know, close victory over Cal, they easily could be winless here. Um, and uh, and the way that the Washington defense came out in the second half, they're they're going to be looking to play that way the entire game against Stanford. Um, so I'm going to give the edge to Washington here, and I I do believe Washington gets that win. Um, Oregon, Cal, again, uh, Oregon coming off both teams coming off of losses um, against huge rivals, you know, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford. Um, both teams will be looking to to try to right the ship. Oregon, obviously on paper, looks like the superior team, and you know, realistically, they are the superior team. California looking to get that first win, and, and like I said, it's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be tough for them to to earn that first victory over Oregon. Oregon's going to be fired up to get to get back in the win column. So I'm going to go Oregon on that one. Uh, Colorado, Arizona undefeated versus winless, right? Colorado's undefeated, still not ranked, which, I mean, you can't really blame the, you know, AP for, you know, we can't blame anybody for not ranking them. Um, only three games in and everybody else is playing, you know, eight, nine, seven, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but Colorado, Arizona, um, you know, given Gunnell's status and it's unclear and um, Arizona playing that young quarterback and just doesn't seem like Arizona is. I don't know. I, I don't see them beating Colorado the way that Broussard is playing and Sam Neuer has been has been dangerous and and Chenault has continued to develop and Demetrius Stanley and um, you know Nate Lamont. There, there's a lot of guys on that Colorado team um, that are dangerous and threatening and for Arizona, man, they're gonna for Arizona to really come out and win this game, they're gonna have a they're going to have to have a really good game plan and execute it to perfection. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to go with Colorado. I'm going to go with the Buffaloes. Oregon State and Utah. Um, you know, most years, I think you'd look at this game and think, oh, in Utah, hundred percent Utah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Now, you know, I, I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to, you know, look at Oregon State's victory over Oregon and say, oh, well, it's a completely different team. They're unbeatable, blah, 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 blah. Um, but Oregon State has horses. You lose with Hurts, but Chance Nolan is a playmaker. Um, you know, he was, I think he was the, the, the top rated Juco player coming out, at least the top rated Juco quarterback, I believe. Um, so the kid, you know, it's not like he's. You know some some bum like the kid can play. the kid can sling it, he can run. he's a heck of an athlete. Um, so I, I do think that Oregon State probably earns this victory over Utah and Utah remains winless uh, and then Oregon State goes to I think they're gonna go to three and two I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Oregon State. Uh, Jamar Jefferson is just playing absolutely lights out um, 675 yards and seven touchdowns over four games. That's ridiculous. Those are ridiculous numbers for for Jamar Jefferson. Um, so yeah, man, Chance Nolan, Tristan Jebia, it doesn't matter really. Uh, I mean it does, but like when you got Jamar Jefferson, if he continues to play that way in the offensive line for Oregon State, continues to to be able to open lanes for him. And um, man, it's Oregon State's tough to beat. It's gonna be they're gonna be tough to beat. And if if Nolan can find find a rhythm and if he's able to do what he did at, at the JUCO level to some extent, against Pac 12 opponents, you know, Oregon State's going to be a tough team to beat. Um, but we'll see. Utah is, Utah is dealing with a lot of turnover and not turnovers. I mean, they did turn over a lot against uh, Washington. but um, So I guess you could say they are dealing with turnovers, but they're dealing with personnel turnover. Um, but, you know, this, this will be their third game in. You know, you kind of got to stop using that as an excuse as a fallback. Well, oh, we're replacing Tyler Huntley. Oh, we're replacing Zach Moss. Oh, we're replacing Bradley and I. Well, okay. Well, now it's it's three weeks in. Those guys are gone. They've been gone for for a while now. So, it's time to time to find guys that's, that that want to step up and um, you know maintain that uh, reputation that Utah has built. Um, but so far, we haven't seen it. I'm going to go Oregon State, UCLA, Arizona State. Boy, this would be such a good game if it happens. Um, and I, you know, when you look at DTR uh, and you look at Jalen Daniels, the quarterbacks, you know, very similar quarterback styles. Um, you know, athletes that can throw. That's what they are. they they can they have good arms, but they they can also destroy you with their feet. Um, but and, and then you look at the running back groups for each. Felton and Brown um, for for UCLA and then chip train them and, and, um, uh, and their running back group <coughs> and, and, uh, the fact that each quarterback can, can run as well. So the, the running games of both Arizona state and UCLA, just seeing those two face off would be great. Um, in the way that the, the defense for Arizona state play against USC, I would expect them to, to give UCLA fit after fit after fit. Um, and they're well coached too. just the, Arizona State. I, 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 it's really unfortunate that we haven't seen more than this season because they they came out so and played so well against USC and obviously haven't had another opportunity to to take the field again. But I am gonna go Arizona State on this one. Actually, I I, I, I like UCLA. I think this is gonna if it happens, it's gonna be such a close game. It could go either way. Um, but I think Arizona State, depending on how they approach this, how they come out, are they gonna come out flat? Are they going to come? You know, are they going to come out and look like a team that hadn't played in a few weeks, or are they going to come out fired up, looking like a team that's, you know, ready to play after not being able to? You know, are they are they going to come out hungry? Um, if Arizona State comes out hungry, I think you got go to go Arizona State. If they come out flat, obviously UCLA. Um, but I do think this would be a, this will be a a, a close game, and um, but I'm going to lean toward Arizona State, and then. Uh, on a Sunday contest, Washington State and USC. We didn't see either one of these teams last week. Um, but, you know, USC was finally, two weeks ago, was finally able to kind of put together a, a dominant performance and earn their victory. Um, but they are undefeated on, on the season 3 0. Washington State is 1 1. Um, and for me, I got to go USC. I think their offense is, you know, the potential for them to be so explosive. Um, I just got to go USC on that one, um, and uh, and the fact that you know Delora, I think he's I don't think he's able to go. I think he's out for the season, um, and and the fact that you know he was he was that driving force, um, but you know Gunnar Cruz is a de- decent decent backup, but um, you know Jaden Delora, I guess he wasn't hurt. He was dealing with COVID. Um but anyway. Washington State is no, you know, there are no slums. But I do I do think USC takes that if they if they're able to play. I like USC's offense. Uh, I love him on St. Brown. I think he's one of the best receivers in the country. Um Keaton Slovis obviously has dealt with his his fair share of adversity this year, and you know, maybe that little bit of a sophomore slump, but um, I'm going to go USC. So, once again, let's, let's roll through them real quick. I have Washington over Stanford, Oregon over Cal, Colorado over Arizona, uh, Oregon State over Utah, Arizona State over UCLA, and USC over Washington State. All right. Um, that'll do it for this edition of Pack Wrap. Again, I, I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what games get played. We'll see what games don't. We'll see if there's any shifting or, or rescheduling or whatever. Uh, uh, you know, if history is any sort of, you know, lesson, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen again. So it is what it is. But, hey, Pac-12 football is still fun to watch. And uh, there, there's so many good players to watch and keep an eye on. But uh, that is going to do it for this show. Uh, Thank you again. Stay safe and have a good rest of your evening.